Welcome to the LA Public Health Podcast for Monday, May 24th, 2021. I'm Steve Baldwin, and today's show includes comments from LA County Board of Supervisors Chair Hilda Solis, followed by an update on COVID-19 led by Dr. Barbara Ferrer, Director of the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. To keep up with the latest updates and guidelines for slowing the spread of COVID-19, you can follow us across all social media at LA Public Health or visit our website, publichealth.lacounty.gov. And now, here's Supervisor Solis. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. As we approach Memorial Day weekend, I want to start by honoring those who have served our country in the United States military. Over the last 15 months, our brothers and sisters in the armed forces have approached COVID like a war, mobilizing to distribute food boxes, tending to residents in our hospital, and hospitals is also administering the vaccine. Some of them, you may know, have died of COVID. And I'd like to use this opportunity to honor all, especially those that have sacrificed during this pandemic, a pandemic that I hope will be behind us soon. Late last week, the state announced that on June 15th, capacity limitations and physical distancing requirements would be eased, and those who are fully vaccinated can finally shed their masks if they choose to do so. And I'm excited to share that the county will be in alignment with these updated guidelines. On June 15th, there will no longer be capacity limits across all sectors, and there won't be any physical distancing either. On that day, we'll also be aligning with the CDC's guidance that says that for fully vaccinated people, masks will no longer be required. The county will also be aligning with the CDC's travel advisory and will no longer require quarantine from travelers from other states. At long last, we're putting the pandemic behind us. This is only made possible due to our residents' hard work to bring down cases and hospitalizations. And it's also due to the willingness of residents across the county to get vaccinated as quickly as possible. And after over a year characterized by anxiety, fear, and heartbreak, I'm encouraged by the fact that in a matter of weeks, I can see the smiles and relief on fully vaccinated people's faces once more. We will have work to do before that day arrives, however. So if you have not yet received your vaccination, now's the time to do so. And if you know someone who has not, please encourage them to get vaccinated as soon as possible. This is not just an opportunity to protect older adults and more vulnerable people in our life, but it's an opportunity to protect yourself. COVID affects those young and old, healthy and sick. And although our positivity rate is low, we've seen how that can change very quickly. This is a time to meet this moment arm in arm with your friends, family, and coworkers and neighbors. And as a reminder, vaccinations are free of charge. Recently, there was a survey in the Kaiser Family Foundation that found COVID-19 vaccine monitors show many unvaccinated Latinx residents in the United States who want to get the vaccine, but issues of access and fear of retribution they might face in the place of employment are giving them a reason to pause. And this is somewhat understandable, 
given that the Latinx community has gone through so much, some of them may have only just gotten back to work after a year long of unemployment and even illness from COVID. That's why I wanna encourage residents to use their paid leave to get vaccinated. Employees are still entitled to use a portion of their remaining 80 hours of supplemental paid leave time off if they need to do so to get the vaccine or recover from its side effects. And for those who live in unincorporated areas of Los Angeles County who have exhausted their full 80 hours, just last week, the Board of Supervisors approved my ordinance to give an additional four hours off per vaccine dose to help reduce as many barriers as possible. This benefit is available to all workers in businesses and unincorporated areas, regardless of the size of the company. Any questions about paid supplemental leave can be addressed by calling our Department of Consumer and Business Affairs at the following number, 833-238-4450. To all who remain unvaccinated and are 12 or older, please sign up to get vaccinated at vaccinatelacounty.com. There are appointments available across the county, including at our schools. For example, in the first district, Garfield High School, Stevenson Middle School, and East LA are all offering vaccines on site. In the Southeast area in Los Angeles, which is home to four schools offering vaccines, Southeast High School in Southgate, Elizabeth Learning Center in Cudahy, and Mesa's in Maywood and Gage Middle School in Huntington Park. And several other schools in the San Gabriel Valley are also immunizing students as well. Just this past weekend, at all county run, run and city of LA vaccination sites, everyone 18 years and older who got their first vaccine had a chance to enter the Los Angeles Lakers vaccination sweepstakes to win a pair of 2021-22 season tickets. And more opportunities to win bicycles, gift cards, and more are happening throughout the county at various pop-up clinics for those coming in and getting vaccinated. So don't wait, take your pick of a vaccine site near you and invite a friend to join you. The pandemic, as you know, has caused deeper financial insecurity for families that were already struggling just to stay afloat. As the county begins to relax public health orders, the county will need to support the recovery of residents coping with the disproportionate financial impact brought on by the pandemic to help rebuild our communities. One such tool to assist vulnerable residents and place them on a path to economic mobility is the development of a guaranteed basic income program in Los Angeles County. The goals of the basic income system are to alleviate poverty and supplement rather than replace. The existing social security safety net can be a tool for racial and gender equity by giving the participants a monthly cash payment. It is unconditional with no strings attached and no work requirements. Giving participants the freedom to spend money on the most immediate needs, for example, purchasing food items, repairing a car to get to work, or paying for medicine to treat a loved one, or simply just paying your rent. The guaranteed basic income concept has been put to use in many other localities, and research has shown that when given unrestricted payments, recipients are able to create economic stability for themselves. Unconditional payments have shown promising results that enabled recipients to find full-time employment 
and allowed for goal setting and risk taking and improved overall well being. And just last week, the Board of Supervisors passed two motions exploring the pilot guaranteed income programs here in LA County. One motion calls on the county's chief executive office to come up with a pilot program to provide a monthly income of at least $1,000 to be paid to 1,000 residents for at least three years. The motion also asks our CEO to identify funding in 30 days to fund the program and come back to the board in 180 days with recommendations for a long-term countywide administration of this initiative. The other motion calls for the county's Department of Public Social Services, also known as DPSS, to report back in 60 days on a comprehensive roadmap to implement this program. DPSS has the potential to assist vulnerable populations to meet the basic needs and be placed on a path to economic stability. This approach would be beneficial in preventing specific communities, formerly incarcerated individuals, CalWORKs families, transition-aged youth, individuals on general relief, and low-income individuals from falling into deeper poverty. And further details will be made available to the public when the CEO reports back with recommendations on the program. In addition, the county is exploring a guaranteed basic income. As you know, we have the LA County Financial Navigators Program, which is also available if you or anyone you know are feeling stressed and overwhelmed about finances. Financial navigators are here to help prioritize your financial concerns, identify immediate action steps, and make referrals to other social services and resources that may offer long-term assistance to you and your family. A navigator can guide you through some of the following concerns, paying for daily expenses, supplementing income, paying back debt, locating food and housing resources, finding special services or resources for you and your family, and how to stay well and plan ahead. Community members who live in LA County and are facing financial difficulties can get started by calling 800-593-8222. And in closing, I wanna commend our residents for getting us here. You flattened the curve of COVID-19 to the point that we are unlikely to see another surge and you've demonstrated that we're better off when we work collectively together. Tomorrow, we'll mark our third week of being in the state's yellow tier, which LA County entered in two full weeks before any other county in Southern California. And that's because of you, our residents' commitment. So with that, I'm pleased to turn it over to Dr. Barbara Ferrer. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, and thank you so much, Supervisor Solis, and to the entire Board of Supervisors. We have been making truly exciting progress in slowing the spread of COVID and vaccinating our residents. And your tremendous work on behalf of everyone in the county has been instrumental in getting us to this point. Today, I'll share updates on COVID-19 cases, hospitalizations, and deaths, an update on vaccinations by age group, and some information about young people in particular. I'll also be sharing information on how we're improving vaccine access throughout the county with a special focus on the work of our mobile vaccine teams. And I will start with the update on what to expect in LA County on June 15th when we move beyond the blueprint and away from the color tier system. I'll take the first slide. On Friday, the state announced its plans for fully reopening the California economy on June 15th, as noted by Supervisor Solis. 
Uh, LA County does plan to align our guidance with the state's reopening guidance. So here's what you can expect to happen on June 15th. Almost all sectors and businesses will be able to return to usual operations with some limited exceptions. So let me talk for a minute about those. One exception is for mega events, which are defined as large crowds greater than 5,000 people if indoors or 10,000 people if outdoors. Regardless of whether these events have been have assigned seating or not, and whether they're general admission or ticketed, they are considered higher risk for COVID transmission. This is because they involve attendees spending extensive time physically close to people from outside their households and potentially from outside the state. For that reason, indoor mega events are required to verify either full vaccination status or a negative COVID test within 72 hours pre-entry for all attendees. Participants will also need to follow the state's mask guidance at these events. For outdoor mega events, the same guidance on verifying the vaccination or test status of attendees is offered as a strong recommendation rather than a requirement, and attendees who do not verify their status will need to wear masks. The state will continue to issue separate guidance for the following sectors and activities. For youth, schools and daycares, healthcare, and high-risk congregate settings. So again, there will be separate guidances for all of these sectors that we'll all need to abide by, and those will be issued before June 15th. In other settings, as Supervisor Solis noted, on June 15th, capacity limitations and physical distancing requirements will be lifted. Masking requirements after June 15th will be addressed in the state's separate guidance for face coverings, which will be updated as needed. And travelers will be asked to follow CDC recommendations and the state's travel advisory, which will also be updated to fully align with the CDC guidance. And the county, again, will rescind its travel advisory on June 15th and align with the states and CDCs. We're so excited to see this county thriving again. But along with this excitement, we feel a sense of great urgency to ensure that when we do reopen, we are set up for success. And this means vaccinating, vaccinating as many county residents as we can over the next few weeks. In a few minutes, I'll share a few of the initiatives we're rolling out to try to make it easy and rewarding to get vaccinated. Uh, first, I'll share our daily numbers and we can go on to the next slide. Um, and now these reflect both a delay in weekend reporting and also a delay in reporting from several of our local labs. Uh, so that our numbers are lower than what we would normally expect even on a Monday. We are sad to report four additional deaths today. Three of the four people who died had underlying health conditions. And this brings the total number of deaths to 24,175 in LA County. Our hearts and our thoughts are with everyone who has lost a loved one, a friend, or a coworker during this pandemic. We're reporting 139 new cases today, which brings the total number of cases in LA County to 1,238,918. There are 30, 319 people currently hospitalized with COVID-19. We currently have 43 open outbreak investigations at both residential congregate settings and non-residential settings with at least one confirmed case of COVID-19. 
And to date, more than 6.7 million people have been tested and had test results reported in LA County. And our cumulative positivity rate is 17%. I'll take the next slide. This is a graph uh, that shows, uh, as always, the trend lines in cases, hospitalizations, and deaths from March of last year through May 16th of 2021. And our case numbers and other metrics remain low and stable. Over the past few weeks, uh, we have seen some declines uh, in our uh, cases, hospitalizations, uh, and in our um, deaths. Uh, and that's the good news. I'll take the next slide. The most powerful tool to keep cases down are our vaccines. As of May 21st, we've administered more than 9.5 million doses of the vaccine across the county. Of these, 5.5 million were first doses, and as you can see, just about 4 million were second doses. Uh, I'll take the next slide. You can see two maps on this slide that were taken from the Interactive Vaccine Explorer on our website. Each map shows the proportion of people who received at least one dose of the vaccine in communities throughout LA County. The map on the left shows data from April 16th and the map on the right from data, data from May 16th, one month later. The areas with the lowest vaccination rates are the darker brown and the areas with the highest vaccination rates are the dark green. If you look at South and East LA, these are both areas that were hit hard by the pandemic. And it's rewarding to see the significant progress in vaccinations that we've made in these neighborhoods. And we know these changes are a result not only of the hard work of our partners, but each of you who has yourself gone to get a vaccine or brought a friend, neighbor, or family member to get a vaccine. Together, slowly but surely, we will turn this whole map dark green. And while overall great progress has been made across the county, as you can see, with almost all counties now above 30% vaccination coverage and many above 45%, it is noticeable where improvements in access and vaccine confidence are still needed. In West Antelope Valley, Palmdale, and Pear Blossom, for example, we've not yet achieved 30% vaccination levels. We'll be continuing our work in these communities to bring good information and vaccines to the people who need them. We'll take the next slide. Countywide uptake of the vaccine is highest in the groups that have had access, that have had access to the vaccines the longest. Most notably, our seniors stand out for their very high vaccination rate, now at 85%. While our youngest teens have a vaccination rate of 15%, and of all the people between the ages of 16 and 64, 58% have received at least one dose of the vaccine. The levels of vaccine uptake in seniors is what we're really striving for in these other adults. We'll go on to the next slide. When we look at who's been fully vaccinated, we see that 28% of those 16 to 17 years old and 46% of people 16 to 64 years old are now in this group, as well as 72% of people 65 and older. We can now proudly say that more than 50% of LA County residents 16 and older have received two doses of the vaccine. It is truly thrilling to see us reach this landmark. And I wanna thank everyone who's done their part to get us to this point. We'll take the next slide. 
Lower vaccination rates in younger age groups means that not only are people in those age groups more likely to transmit COVID, but they're also most likely to suffer its severe consequences. On this slide, you can see the age groups of people hospitalized for COVID between April 1st and May 15th on that top, on that top chart. What really stands out here is that it's relatively young adults, ages 30 to 49, who make up the largest proportion of COVID hospitalizations over this past month, over this past six weeks, as you can see indicated by the red arrow. This is the first time over the course of the pandemic that we've seen this happen. Before April, this age group consistently saw lower hospitalization rates when compared to other age groups. If we look at a different six week period last October, pre-surge, we can see the stark difference. Even when our numbers were not at their highest, older people have always been more likely to be hospitalized as indicated by the red arrow. What this represents to us is a gap in protection. Older adults, particularly those over 65, are now protected by their high vaccination rates. And children and young adults may be protected by virtue both of their youth and by the masking requirements in place at their schools. But people in the middle group, many of them are workers and people responsible for the care of others, are not as well protected by either of these factors. And if they're not vaccinated, they are highly likely to end up with a COVID infection and unfortunately, as we see, disproportionately likely to end up in the hospitals. Now, there is something we can do to change uh, and we do need to focus on this if we want to see hospitalizations drop in this age group and that is improve those vaccination rates. We'll take the next slide. While we're grateful to everyone who's gotten vaccinated, we continue to see, as you can see on this slide, large decreases in the numbers of folks getting their first dose of vaccine. Between May 17th and the 21st, we administered 100 and, about 118,000 doses across the entire county network. Now, this is an underestimate of the true number because we have incomplete data for these dates and we don't have data for the weekend. But it's nonetheless, it's clear that we need more folks coming in for the first dose appointments in order to create the conditions that can sustain our full reopening in a few weeks. We'll take the next slide. To make it super easy for eligible LA County residents to get vaccinated, we're offering vaccines at over 756 sites uh, across the entire county. This includes pharmacies, clinics, community sites, and hospitals. The pale green areas on this map indicate the zip codes with the least health affirming resources. And you can see that many of our vaccination sites are concentrated in these areas, which have also been those hardest hit by the pandemic. We do want to make it extraordinarily easy to get a vaccine if you live in these communities. Currently, you can get vaccines at the eight county run sites, all of the LA city sites, almost every single mobile site, and many of the community sites without any appointment. And many of these sites, uh, including all the county sites, are open on weekends, and many sites have evening hours. Please check vaccinatelacounty.com to find a site near you. I'll take the next slide. We do continue to support every week additional mobile vaccination teams that take vaccines into neighborhoods to reach people with limited ability or time to get to one of the established vaccination sites. And on this map, again, the pale green areas will indicate the low resource zip codes. 
The blue markers indicate the 200 sites where our mobile teams will be offering vaccinations this week, which you'll note are concentrated in these higher need, harder hit areas. And I wanna note that these are 200 county sponsored mobile sites. The city has their own uh, large number of mobile sites as do schools and some cities and community organizations. We'll look at the next slide. Our mobile teams have set up ongoing daily sites to provide vaccines on a walk-in basis at public places, such as senior housing and recreational centers, gathering places and service providers for people experiencing homelessness, educational settings, faith-based organizations, community-based organizations, and food and agricultural sites. As you can see, our partnerships with community organizations have allowed us to offer vaccines at 418 sites serving seniors, 120 sites targeting people experiencing homelessness, and 123 houses of worship. Since March 1st, our mobile vaccine teams have vaccinated more than 180,000 people across these sites. And we're working on increasing standing sites at metro stations, parks, swap meets, and at other public places. Next slide. You can request a visit to your workplace, business, or special event from one of our mobile vaccination units. Just visit the link listed at the bottom of this slide or point your browser to our main vaccination hub at vaccinatelacounty.com. And on the main page, go ahead and click the pink link that says find a vaccination provider for your organization. From there, it's easy for you to select a mobile vaccine team and be able to make contact. There are also other vaccination partners in the community that you can reach through this link as well. We need your help bringing the vaccine to places where people already go. So please let us know if there's a community event or a workplace where there may be folks needing to get vaccinated. We are happy to show up. Next slide. Our highest priority right now is our work to improve vaccine confidence through outreach and education in partnership with community-based and faith-based organizations and our work to get vaccines into the places where people live and work. For people struggling to get to a vaccination site, we can help make sure you get a free ride there and back. The Uber and Lyft rideshare apps are offering free round-trip uh, round rides to some vaccination sites that you can link to right from their app. However, if you're seeking assistance scheduling a ride or you want to get your vaccination at a site not listed in one of their apps, please reach out to our call center at 833-540-0473 and our staff will connect you with free transportation. With the help of our philanthropic and community partners and our venues, uh, we'll be continuing opportunities to thank those coming in to get their first dose. There will be more sweepstakes and gift cards at different vaccination sites in the upcoming weeks. So be sure to check in on our social platforms to get the details on which sites are participating. This includes additional sweepstakes, and I wanna thank all of our sports teams and event venues uh, for helping to support our sweepstake events. There are some people that are asking why we're doing this now instead of earlier. And the really, uh, the answer is that now is a particularly critical time. We are less than a month out from fully opening up this county with very few restrictions. Our case rates are low and we wanna be in as strong a position as possible when the risk of transmission could go up, which can happen 
after June 15th. So we're doing everything we can to get people the information and the good reasons they need to get vaccinated now. We appreciate the efforts people are making to get vaccinated. And for many, we know it took courage to take this step. And while these opportunities to say thank you are not themselves enough to get all unvaccinated Angelinos into a vaccination site, we hope for some they help. However, the most important work to be done with the largest impact is engaging with residents in our communities to provide high quality information about the vaccines, to dispel false myths, and to answer all of your questions. We hope that by taking vaccines to people and responding to concerns about vaccines safely, we can make the progress needed to get to community immunity. Next slide. As the vaccine efforts roll on across the county, we're learning more and more each day about what it is that motivates people to get vaccinated when they're not among those groups who were super eager to line up as soon as vaccines were available. In a focus group conducted recently with people who had initially hesitated to get the vaccine, but then changed their minds, several participants had interesting answers to a question about how they convinced others to get vaccinated. Many said they shared their story and concerns with a family member, and that's what had persuaded that person to go ahead and get a COVID vaccine. So to all the moms and grandmothers, las mamás y las abuelas, so many of you are already vaccinated, and we thank you for making the time to protect yourself and those you love. If your adult children and grandchildren are not yet vaccinated, we ask that you please talk to them. They might be grown up, but they'll always be your babies. Your voice was one of the first ones they ever heard, and we know it's one they respect. And it would be great for them to hear from you now. Please let your grown children know how much you care and why it's so important to get vaccinated against this virus. It's not just to protect you and their other older relatives. It's also to protect themselves, their friends, and the children in their lives. Moms and grandmoms, mamas y abuelas, you are the original influencers. For years, you used your love to teach your children the most important things in life and to guide them in so many ways. And now that they're grown, I hope you'll use, use your love to help them decide to get vaccinated. Please share your story with the young adults in your life and help them understand what's at stake. Thank you. And now the supervisor and I are happy to answer your questions. Ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to ask a question, please raise your hand using the hand icon or send the host a chat with your name and outlet to be placed in queue. As a courtesy to other reporters and to allow for ample time for questions, we ask that you please limit yourselves to one to two questions per reporter. One moment, please, for our first question. Our first question will come from the line of Patrick Healy. Patrick, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. A moment ago, I, I, I thought I heard you say uh, that it's clear we need more uh, need more to come in for their first dose to sustain full reopening in a few weeks. By that, do you mean there's there's still a possibility June 15 could be delayed if if we don't pick up the vaccination rate? And uh, a second question, uh, Dr. Mark Galley last Friday spoke of self attestation uh, at the mega sites. 
Uh, does the county, uh, will the county go along with that? And if so, uh, is, is it really worth going to that trouble or should we just let everybody in? Thank you. Thanks, thanks, Patrick. And uh, there won't be a delay in the reopening on June fifteenth. So I've been I've been clear that we're aligning with the state. I mean, so unless the governor delays that reopening, uh, we'll be going right along with that reopening. Uh, it would be great to have more people vaccinated so that we don't uh, have any possibility of getting back to any increases in cases. And we all know you you see the evidence every time uh, that we're speaking to you about how effective these vaccines are. We just need more people to get vaccinated so that we can spread that protection, uh, you know, in, in every single community across this county. But there will be no delays uh, in the full reopening. We will be aligning with the state. Uh, and yeah, we're, we're obviously uh, looking closely uh, to the state to get guidance on how self-attestations can happen. And remember, these are just at those mega, mega event sites. <clears throat> I wanna give a lot of credit um, to all of our uh, venues right now that are hosting large events. Uh, um, all of them at this point uh, are running vaccination sections in their events, and they figured out ways uh, to actually affirm that people are fully vaccinated. Uh, so we'll be leaving it up to the sites here uh, to figure out how to best manage uh, the verifications uh, for uh, vac fully, being fully vaccinated or uh, being able to have a negative test result because uh, so far they, they've done a brilliant job at this and uh, we're sure that if, it's, if there's going to be a process for self-attestation, uh, they'll, they'll figure that out and add that into uh, the opportunities that they've already created for people to be able to verify uh, their status when they come into those events. Uh, but thanks for those questions. We can go on to the next question. Our next question comes from the line of Claudia Pescuta. Claudia, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Hi, I have two questions. Uh, the Washington Post had a story today that indicates that promising overall numbers may be masking the fact that cases continue to surge among unvaccinated people. So I'm wondering if the county has any data um, on cases just among the unvaccinated residents. Um, my second question, is I'm hearing from people who say that even though they realize the risk of breakthrough cases is very small, they don't want to take chances and plan to keep wearing their masks. On the other hand, I've heard from someone who's not vaccinated and wonders why people who are touting the protection offered by the vaccines continue to wear masks. So, uh, Barbara, I'm wondering if you plan to keep wearing a mask after June 15th in any situations where it will not be required, and if so, what settings would those be? Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, so, you know, in terms of cases among uh, unvaccinated people, it's, it's a great question. Uh, I did release data at the end of last week that showed how very few fully vaccinated people uh, end up getting infected. So, uh, you know, really it's well over 90, I think for us, it's almost 97, 98% of uh, people fully vaccinated uh, are not getting infected at all. Uh, so when you see our case numbers, I can just tell you that uh, almost every single one of the cases that I report every day are people who are not fully vaccinated. Um, and so you have a very good idea about how many people are getting infected on a daily basis here in LA County, because those are the numbers I'm announcing. And, uh, you know, well above 97% uh, of those folks are folks who are not fully vaccinated. And in terms of the mask wearing, um, you know, there are lots of different reasons why fully vaccinated people uh, may need to continue or may want to continue wearing their masks. And 
you know, we should, we should all be respectful about sort of the variety of reasons that may keep somebody from wearing a mask. There are, there are lots of families where children, they have children who are not yet protected, they can't be vaccinated. Um, and those families are making decisions that everyone in the family will continue mask wearing because the unvaccinated children will need to continue mask wearing. There are other situations where people have suppressed immune systems, and even if they've been fully vaccinated, um, it's, uh, it, it's, it may be recommended by their medical team that they continue uh, wearing uh, their, their uh, masks whenever they're out and about other people uh, to add an extra layer of protection. Um, and then there are lots of folks who know that while the chances are small for fully vaccinated people, as I just noted, to get infected, um, it's not impossible to get infected. And uh, people who are very comfortable wearing their masks now and are going to be in a situation where that exposure becomes more likely just because there are hundreds and hundreds of people, for example, crowded together somewhere, uh, they might choose to wear their masks on. So I would just say uh, this is uh, a place where, you know, we are so grateful for everyone who got fully vaccinated. There are many reasons uh, that people may choose to go ahead and continue wearing those masks in some settings uh, and not in others. Um, and I, I, my, I myself feel, you know, that uh, these are personal choices. People should feel comfortable to make them uh, and not have to defend them in, in any way, shape, or form. I guess I'd close by saying, and if you're not vaccinated, uh, you will need to keep that mask on. So if, if you're a person who would love to take that mask off, uh, you know, pretty much everywhere, uh, you do need to come in uh, now and before we get to to June 15th and get yourself uh, fully vaccinated in time for that. So, but thanks for that. And we can go on to the next question. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Ron Lynn. Ron, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Hi, Supervisor and Doctor. Thanks so much for taking our questions. Our questions are for today, are today are for Dr. Ferrer on myocarditis, schools and masks. Uh, Dr. Ferrer, the CDC's advisory committee on immunization practices last week issued a statement on relatively few reports of inflammation of the heart following mRNA vaccines, saying they seem to occur predominantly in adolescents and young adults, occur more often in males than females, occur more often following the second dose than the first dose, and typically occur within four days after vaccinations. They say most cases appear to be mild and follow-up of cases is ongoing. What's your view about how we should interpret this information? Second, the LAUSD superintendent uh, committed to reopening campuses full-time in the fall, a statement that comes as some parents are worried that schools won't return to a normal schedule. Are you pretty confident from a public health perspective that schools can fully reopen safely this fall? And then finally, on the issue of risk, kind of following up on Claudia's question, uh, there's a specific question from people who are parents of kids too young to be vaccinated and who have underlying health issues. Would you recommend that parents in this situation continue to wear masks in the public or are the vaccines so good they do not worry? Thanks. Yeah, uh, thanks so much, Ron, uh, for, for those very thoughtful questions. On myocarditis, um, yes, uh, I, again, I, I wanna point out how well our vaccine safety program works that, again, very, very rare events uh, get picked up pretty quickly and easily. Um, and, you know, as you noted, uh, it is a, an inflammation of the heart muscle. It's usually associated with viral illness. It's actually strongly associated uh, with COVID infection itself. You know, for many, many people that get infected uh, with COVID, uh, myocarditis is, in fact, uh, a common uh, impact of, uh, that happens with this uh, virus. 
but there have found, as you noted, a very small number of cases. At this point, uh, it's not clear at all uh, whether this number is higher than what you would normally expect in the general population. Uh, but again, you know, CDC will be watching this and watching uh, all the reports coming in with our vaccine safety program. Right now, CDC is strongly recommending that everybody still get vaccinated for COVID-19 uh, as they continue to use the vaccine safety program to note if there are any uh, concerns that need to be raised. But as of right now, with all of the studying that they've done, um, they're still strongly recommending that people continue to get vaccinated. Uh, and as you noted, uh, uh, the, the folks where, where they have seen after the second dose a few days out, uh, this, uh, you know, heart, this inflammation of the heart muscle, uh, it's been mild and there's been uh, full recovery. Uh, but we'll continue, obviously, to keep everyone posted, uh, particularly if they identify any issues of concern. In terms of full reopening of schools in the fall, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, we do think uh, schools can all fully reopen in the fall uh, for in-classroom instruction. Uh, again, uh, working closely with CDC and the state to make sure that all the safety precautions that need to be in place uh, at that time are in place and uh, working uh, obviously here in LA County as we have for this past year with uh, all of our wonderful superintendents, uh, parents and uh, teachers and staff uh, to make sure that we're all in agreement about how to ensure safety uh, in the fall, but every single indication uh, here that we have now indicates to full reopening uh, being both possible and uh, highly, highly uh, beneficial uh, for us to uh, really make sure we're making those plans so that these schools can all open and, and children, uh, staff and teachers uh, can get back to, to what they love doing, uh, being part of a thriving school community. I have no question in my mind uh, that that's possible. Um, and in terms of the last question about the view of, of parents who have children that are at higher risk uh, for infection or for a serious illness resulting from an infection because they have underlying health conditions, I want to applaud those parents uh, for really taking care throughout this pandemic because we haven't had a vaccine for a very long time. Uh, and they've, they've really focused on keeping their children safe. And I would say, um, you know, you'll need to continue to do that. Even if you're fully vaccinated, um, you'll need to make sure, you know, that, that you are aware of your surroundings, that you are reducing your risk for the, to be one of those very rare breakthrough cases uh, by being super careful. Um, and again, you know, washing hands and masking whenever you think you're around lots of other people who are not vaccinated. Uh, because that's where the risk is highest for there to be any kind of transmission. But with that, we can go on to the next question. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Stephanie Dazio. Stephanie, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Hi, thanks for doing this as always. Wanted to know what, hap what happens if um, a, a minor wants a vaccine, but their parents are against it? Um, and I know that that minors have to come with a parent or guardian. What can they do in that situation if they want a vaccine themselves, but their parents or guardians do not uh, give permission? Thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot, Stephanie. That's that's a great question. I mean, consent is required, um, except for uh, emancipated uh, teenagers. So uh, for for those who 
are wishing they could get vaccinated and their parents or legal guardians are not allowing that. Uh, they need to work uh, with their family and, and try to get their family to their 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 parents or their guardians to, to change their mind uh, because you do need to have consent. There are, there are lots of different ways to, to be able to um, come to our site if you are a teen. Uh, there are many teens who want to come and get vaccinated and their parents aren't giving them consent just because the parents can't accompany them to the vaccine site. And I want to sort of say like, that's okay. There's consent forms that you can uh, download uh, from our Vaccinate LA County site. A parent uh, or legal guardian can fill that out. They can identify a responsible adult that will be bringing uh, that younger teen to the site. Uh, and that younger teen can then go ahead and get vaccinated. Uh, but if there are those situations where a parent is, is forbidding uh, a younger child uh, from getting vaccinated, that needs to get worked out in the family because consent is required. So thanks. We can go on to the next question. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Jackie Fournier. Jackie, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Hi, thanks for taking your questions. Um, under the state's June 15th reopening rules, indoor events of 5,000 people or more require uh, attendees to provide proof of vaccination or a recent negative test. Uh, you said LA County would, would institute those rules. I'm curious though why 5,000 people indoors is dangerous, but you know 4,998 is okay. Why draw the line at 5,000 people? And then separately, have you seen a link between women with polycystic ovarian syndrome and more serious COVID-19 cases or even death in your data? Yeah, thanks a lot um, uh, for both questions. Uh, so let me, the first question, um, that 5,000 limit was, was actually set by the state uh, and we're gonna adhere to it. I, I think whatever cutoff point you, you make in, in these situations, um, you know, there's always a question about, you know, what's really different if you're slightly under or slightly over. I think the point is at, at, a, at large enough numbers indoors, um, there's a much greater likelihood uh, if people are unvaccinated uh, that they may in fact be infected still and be able to spread. Now remember, we're doing all of this when community transmission is super low, uh, which is why we can do all of this. Um, so, you know, in, in a small setting, even if there are some unvaccinated people, um, because our community transmission rate is so low, you're not gonna have a, a super large likelihood of in a small number of people that there's gonna be somebody infected. There's always that possibility, but the larger your group size gets, the more likely you will be to have infected people who are unvaccinated uh, in the group. And that's why there's a threshold that gets set by which you know you just estimate uh, at a certain point, no matter uh, what is going on there with 5,000 people indoors, there's gonna be people in there that are in fact infected and capable of spreading. In terms of the second question, um, you know, we have been, uh, we, we, we read uh, you know, similar articles that are, are noticing a link to uh, really some seriously uh, uh, horrible outcomes uh, should they become infected with COVID and maybe even the possibility that they're more susceptible to becoming infected. Uh, but we don't have any independent evidence here in LA County um, about that connection. So we'll continue, of course, uh, to work with the researchers and scientists 
uh, but that is not a study that that we have done at this point. So, but thanks for raising that. And you know, again, I, I want to applaud all of the scientists that are out there and the clinicians that are really trying to, again, with a new virus, try to create for us a much deeper understanding of who may be more susceptible to illness uh, and what we can do to protect those people. So thanks for that. We could take the next question. Our next question comes from the line of Marla Tayin. Marla, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Thank you, Dr. Ferrer, for taking my questions. I have a few. Um, given that uh, Dr. Fauci himself has gone on the record to say that he's not so sure that this country will reach herd immunity, and given the drop-off in vaccine demand here in LA County, do you still expect that we will reach herd immunity in LA County in July, as you had previously stated? And is that is herd immunity for us still considered 70 to 80 percent? Where is that number? Um, my other question may be redundant, um, but I just want to confirm, given the 30 to 49 year olds who are being hospitalized or have been in the last few weeks, that graph that you showed, I think there were 500 plus hospitalizations within that age group. Would you say that the majority are unvaccinated? And then lastly, the incentive programs that have um, you've started to offer uh, for those people who are saying, well, what about me? What do I get for I went ahead and got vaccinated early on? You know, what, what about me? What do you say to that? And that's it. Thank you. Okay, thanks a lot, Carla. Um, so reaching herd immunity, I mean, I think the, the one thing that, that Dr. Fauci has said and that I've, you know, I sort of echo is we don't know what the number is for herd immunity, the exact number is for herd immunity. Um, and we both agree that every single person that gets vaccinated gets us closer, closer to what I call community immunity. Uh, and that's the most important fact here is that we just have to keep uh, increasing the numbers of people that are, are vaccinated here. As I noted earlier, 50% fully vaccinated. Uh, we want to get that number higher. We need to get that number higher to offer a lot of protection, particularly to those people who aren't going to be able to get vaccinated. So I want to go back to to why we even talk about community immunity and why it's so important. You know, you, you get vaccinated and you give yourself a ton of protection. You, you've actually got like a pretty strong suit of armor on. Uh, and for some people, you know, that's the end of it. I got myself vaccinated and I'm I'm so relieved. Like I'm not going to get serious illness. I'm not going to die. And now it turns out super unlikely to get infected or pass that on to somebody else. But the issue about community immunity is that there is a whole bunch of people that cannot get vaccinated for a variety of reasons. Uh, they have some underlying medical conditions or they're not eligible. For, for many of us, that's always been, you know, particularly for infants, uh, for example, that, you know, oftentimes aren't able to yet get immunized. But in this case, we have uh, everybody 12, everybody under the age of 12. Uh, so one reason for really striving for community immunity is so that we actually protect those who can't get immunized, can't get vaccinated, uh, because the more people that are vaccinated, the less places there are for this vaccine to get transmitted. And that just reduces the overall chances of everyone who's not vaccinated yet uh, from getting infected. So, so part of this, you know, why we all even care about community immunity is not because not just because we want everyone protected because we do but also we know the reality is some people cannot get vaccinated and the more people in the community that are vaccinated 
the, the better protection uh, we're giving to all of those who are not able to get vaccinated. Uh, in terms of who's hospitalized, yes, all those numbers you saw up there, those are, you know, 97% of those people are not fully vaccinated, probably even higher. It's probably even closer to 99%. So yes, almost every single person that's in the hospital today with COVID-19 is a person that's not fully vaccinated. There are some breakthrough cases. I showed you those numbers last week. They are tiny. So every time I, I report out these numbers, uh, in the back of my head, I'm always conscious of the fact that these are, you know, almost all people who are not fully vaccinated, who somehow we missed. Um, and then uh, the last question you asked was, uh, forgot, <laughs> sorry. I always forget the third question. Marla, your line is unmuted if you'd like to repeat your question. Sure. Uh, this is Marla Tejas from Fox 11. Uh, the incentive programs. Oh, yeah. Right. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I, you know, uh, I appreciate um, that that, you know, so much everyone who's gotten vaccinated and, and you know, it, in here in LA County, it's millions and millions of people who uh, went out very quickly and were able to go and get vaccinated. Um, and, and I'm grateful that um, you did this and, and we didn't have thank you gifts uh, that we were handing out. Uh, so my first thing is, you know, enormous gratitude to everybody who just came in. Because the biggest gift we all know that we're giving ourselves and each other is that gift of protection. So, so I know, you know, the vast majority of people are motivated by that. Uh, even with the gifts that that we give out, um, it, it really, uh, for most people, it, it's not uh, it's not the most motivating factor. For most people still that are coming in to get vaccinated. They're coming in because they want that protection for themselves and for the people that they love. We're at a critical point right now because we are fully reopening. Uh, and if there's a way to uh, help nudge people who are still just waiting to get vaccinated because it hasn't been the most convenient time or you know they haven't had time to schedule it, uh, we're hoping that these thank you gifts remind them how important it is to come in and get vaccinated uh, and that will accelerate uh, sort of their willingness to come in now and get vaccinated as opposed to waiting a few weeks. Um, so, so we do, we thank everybody from the bottom of our hearts who came in. Uh, we extend a lot of gratitude uh, for everything you did to get yourselves vaccinated. This in no way is meant to diminish how hard it probably was for you to get vaccinated uh, and to get your family and loved ones vaccinated. But at this point, uh, we're grateful for our partners that can offer these thank you gifts as a way of trying to make sure that everyone else who has not yet gotten vaccinated uh, realizes how much we as a community uh, really need them to come in now. But thanks for that question. And we'll go on to the next question. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Peter Nichols. Peter, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead. Hey, good afternoon, Doctor and uh, Supervisor Solis. Um, thank you for taking our questions. I finished interviewing an epidemiologist at UCLA and he wanted to say, and I, this is a point of my question, that he said, look, the true test of the vaccines, the unvaccinated, the previously exposed is gonna be Memorial weekend. Um, do you agree with that? Thanks, Peter. Um, you know, I mean, there's gonna be lots of tests. <laughs> um, we've had lots of tests already. Uh, and they've shown us just how effective these vaccines are. Uh, also, for people who are not vaccinated, they don't have protection. And if they're 
hanging around with other people who are infected uh, and they're in close contact with those people, they're likely to get infected. Um, I'm not sure that that Memorial Day is a test, but obviously, as we've noted throughout this entire past 15 months, every time we get to a holiday season, we do ask people to celebrate safely. Uh, and we're going to do that again uh, over the Memorial Day weekend. It's really going to be particularly important for those of you who are not yet vaccinated to know you are at higher risk of getting infected. Uh, and you should make sure that the activities you're participating in, you're doing with a lot of safety. Uh, and that means distancing and keeping those masks on. Uh, but thanks for that question, Peter. Thank you, and that concludes the time that we have for questions today. We'll transition now to remarks in Spanish with Supervisor Solis. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Ferrer. Uh, muchas gracias. Buenas tardes a todos. El lunes que, que viene es Día de los Callados. Y quiero comenzar honorando a todos que han servido a nuestro país en el ejército de los Estados Unidos. Durante los últimos 15 meses, nuestros hermanos y hermanas de las Fuerzas Armadas se han acercado a COVID como una guerra, movilizándose para destruir cajas de comida, atendiendo a los residentes de nuestros hospitales y administrando la vacuna. Algunos de ellos han muerto de COVID y me gustaría aprovechar esta oportunidad para honorar todos los que han hecho toda esta fuerza y sacrificio durante esta pandemia. Una pandemia que espero que esté que está detrás de nosotros muy pronto. La semana pasada el estado anunció que el 15 de junio se alivarían las limitaciones de capacidad y los requisitos de la distancia física y quienes están completamente vacunados podrían finalmente quitarse las mascarillas si lo desean. Estoy emocionada de compartir que el condado estará alienado con esto. Por fin estamos dejando atrás esta pandemia. Esto solo es posible gracias al trabajo de nuestros residentes para reducir los casos de COVID. También se debe a, a voluntad de los residentes de todo el condado de vacunarse. Pero todavía tenemos trabajo por hacer antes que llega ese día. Si no se ha vacunado, ahora es el momento hacerlo. Y si conoce a alguien que no ha hecho, anímalos para que se vacunan, por favor. Esta no solo es una oportunidad para proteger a los adultos mayores, y es las personas más vulnerables en sus vidas. Es una oportunidad para protegerse. COVID afecta a los jóvenes y los adultos mayores, sanos y enfermos. Aunque nuestra tasa de positividad es baja, hemos vi visto cómo eso puede cambiar rápidamente. Este es el momento de afrontar el momento. Las vacunas son gratis. Recientemente, la organización de Kaiser Family Foundation salió con un estudio que muestra que muchos residentes latinos que no han vacunado aquí en Estados Unidos quieren la vacuna, pero los problemas de acceso 
y miedo al abuso y despido en su lugar de trabajo les está dando pausa. Esto, <coughs> ustedes saben, uh, la comunidad latina ha pasado por mucho y algunos de ellos pueden haber recuperado sus trabajos después de un año de desempleo o enferma del COVID. Por eso, quiero que animo a los residentes a que utilicen sus permisos pagados para vacunarse. La ley de California proteja a los empleados y da beneficios por días de enfermedad pagados para obtener la vacuna o por reacciones de la vacuna. Y para los residentes que viven en áreas no incorporadas del condado de Los Ángeles, que han usado sus horas la semana pasada, la Junta de Supervisores aprobó una ordenancia para dar cuatro horas adicionales de descanso por cada dosis de la vacuna. Este beneficio está disponible para todos los trabajadores de empresas en áreas no incorporadas, independientemente del tamaño de la empresa. Si ustedes tienen preguntas, por favor llama a 833-238-4450. Para todos los que permanecen sin vacunar y tienen uh, ya 12 años o más, inscríbase para vacunarse hoy. Hay citas disponibles en todo el condado, en, en, especialmente en las escuelas. Por ejemplo, en el primer distrito que yo represento, Garfield High School, Stevenson Middle School, y en el este de Los Ángeles están ofreciendo estas vacunas gratis. Hay cuatro escuelas en el sureste de Los Ángeles que ofrezcan, ofrezcan vacunas también. Southeast High School en Southgate, Elizabeth Learning Center en Cudahy, Macy's en Maywood, Gage Middle School en Huntington Park. Y varias otras escuelas en el noreste de Los Ángeles también están inmunizando a sus estudiantes. El fin de semana pasado, a todos los sitios de vacunación administrados por el condado y en la ciudad de Los Ángeles, todas las personas mayores de 18 años que recibieron su primera vacuna tuvieron la oportunidad de participar en una lotería para ganar un par de boletos para ver los Lakers. Y hay más oportunidades para ganar bicicletas, tarjetas de regalos y muchas cosas más para si ustedes atienden a, a unas de las clínicas para las personas que quieren la vacuna. Por, por lo tanto, no, es, no espere, elija un sitio de vacunación o invite a un amigo a unirse. Llama por favor a 211 por más información sobre las clínicas más cerca de su casa. Ahora el condado está saliendo de la pandemia, pero tenemos que dar los recursos necesarios para que todos puedan salir adelante. La semana pasada aprobamos dos mociones en lo cual vamos a explorar dos programas que dar dinero directamente a residentes de bajos recursos. Un moción se llama Oficina educativa del condado para formar un programa que dará hasta mil dólares para mil residentes por tres años. Otra moción que fue introducido por parte mía implementará un programa universal en el Departamento de Servicios Sociales que daría dinero directamente a residentes de bajos recursos, 
recursos cada mes. Este dinero puede ser utilizado para cualquier cosa que necesitan, sea comida, la renta, ropa o otras necesidades. El programa en colaboración con el Departamento de Servicios Sociales daría varios servicios a los que han sido más impactados como los que han estado en el cárcel, familias de bajos recursos, jóvenes saliendo de cuidado temporal y mucho más. Más detalles serán disponibles cuando la directora uh, nos informa con recomendaciones en los meses que vienen. También quiero hablar sobre nuestro programa de navegadores financieros del condado. Navegadores financieros están aquí para ayudarles a priorizar uh, preocupaciones financieras, identificando pasos de acción inmediatos y hacer referencias a otros servicios y recursos sociales. Miembros de la comunidad que están interesados en este programa pueden llamar a este número 800-593-8222. 800-593-8222. Mañana marcará nuestra tercera semana de estar en el nivel amarillo del estado, al que Ustedes saben, el condado de Los Ángeles ingresó dos semanas completas antes que cualquier otro condado en el sur de California. Eso es un, una cosa que deberíamos de celebrar. Y con eso me da gracias también a, a presentarles a la representante del Departamento de Salud Pública, Jacqueline Villasuela, que les va a dar más información. Muchas gracias a todos ustedes y cuídense. Gracias. Muchas gracias, Supervisora Solís. Hoy eh, compartiremos actualizaciones sobre casos, hospitalizaciones y fallecimientos por COVID-19. Uh, también daremos una actualización sobre las vacunas por grupo de edad y cierta información sobre los adultos jóvenes en particular. También compartiremos información sobre cómo estamos mejorando el acceso a las vacunas en todo el condado con un enfoque especial en el trabajo de nuestros equipos móviles de vacunas. Comenzaremos con una actualización sobre qué esperar en el condado de Los Ángeles el 15 de junio cuando nos movamos uh, más allá del plano y nos alejemos del sistema de niveles de colores. First slide, please. El viernes el estado anunció sus planes para reabrir completamente la economía de California el 15 de junio. El condado de Los Ángeles planea alinear nuestra guía con la guía de reapertura del estado. Esto es lo que usted puede esperar que suceda el 15 de junio. Casi todos los sectores y empresas podrán volver a sus operaciones regulares con algunas excepciones limitadas. Una excepción son los mega eventos que se definen como grandes multitudes de más de 5,000 personas si están en el interior o 10,000 personas si están al aire libre. Independientemente de, de si estos eventos tienen asientos asignados o no, y si son de admisión general o con boleto, se consideran de mayor riesgo de transmisión de COVID-19. Esto se debe a que este tipo de evento requiere que los participantes pasen mucho tiempo físicamente cerca de personas que no viven en sus hogares y que potencialmente son hasta fuera del estado. 
Por esa razón, los mega eventos en interiores eh, deben verificar si todos los participantes están completamente vacunados o si han tenido una prueba de COVID-19 negativa dentro de las 70 horas antes de la entrada al mega evento. Los participantes también deben seguir la guía de máscaras del estado en estos eventos. Para los mega eventos al aire libre, la misma guía para verificar vacunación completa o prueba negativa eh, de todos los participantes se ofrece como una fuerte recomendación en lugar de un requisito y los participantes que no verifiquen su estatus de vacunación o prueba negativa deberán usar uh, máscaras. El Estado continuará emitiendo pautas que se seguirán para jóvenes, escuelas y guarderías, eh, entornos de atención médica y de congregación de alto riesgo. En eh, otros entornos, el 15 de junio se eh, eliminarán las limitaciones de capacidad y los requisitos de distancia física. Los requisitos del uso de máscaras después del 15 de junio se abordarán en la guía del estado eh, del uso de máscaras que se actualizarán según sea necesario y se les pedirá a los viajeros que sigan las recomendaciones de los Centros para el Control y la Prevención de Enfermedades, los CDC por sus siglas en inglés, y el aviso de viaje del estado que también se actualizará para alinearse completamente con la guía de los CDC. Estamos muy emocionados de ver progresar al condado nuevamente este verano, pero con esa emoción también sentimos una gran sensación de urgencia para asegurarnos de que cuando reabramos estemos preparados para el éxito. Eso significa vacunar a todos los residentes elegibles del condado durante las próximas semanas. En unos minutos compartiremos algunas de las iniciativas que estamos implementando para que vacunarse sea fácil y gratificante. Next slide, please. Primero compartiremos nuestras cifras diarias que reflejan un retraso en los informes del fin de semana y algunos informes atrasados de varios laboratorios locales. Nos entristece informar cuatro muertes adicionales hoy. Esto eleva el número total de fallecimientos a 24,175 en el condado de Los Ángeles. Hoy estamos reportando 139 casos nuevos. Esto eleva el número total de casos en el condado de Los Ángeles a 1,238,919. Hay 356 personas hospitalizadas actualmente con COVID-19. Y hasta la fecha se han realizado pruebas a más de 6.7 millones de personas y sus resultados han sido informados al condado de Los Ángeles. La tasa acumulada de casos positivos es del 17%. Next slide, please. En este gráfico muestra las líneas de tendencia en casos, hospitalizaciones y fallecimientos por COVID-19 desde el 1 de marzo del 2020 hasta el 16 de mayo del 2021. Los números de casos y otros indicadores continúan siendo bajos y estables. Y durante las últimas semanas hemos visto pequeñas disminuciones en casos, hospitalizaciones y fallecimientos. Next slide, please. La herramienta más poderosa para controlar, controlar los casos de COVID-19 son las vacunas. Al 21 de mayo hemos administrado más de 9.5 millones de dosis de vacuna en el condado. 
eh, de estas dosis, más de 5.5 millones fueron primeras dosis y casi 4 millones fueron segundas dosis. Next slide, please. Puede ver aquí dos mapas que se eh, tomaron del tablero interactivo de vacunas en nuestro sitio web. Cada mapa muestra la proporción de personas que recibieron al menos una dosis de la vacuna en las comunidades de todo el condado de Los Ángeles. El mapa de la izquierda muestra datos del 16 de abril y el mapa de la derecha muestra datos del 16 de mayo, un mes después. Las áreas con las tasas de vacunación más bajas son de color café oscuro y las áreas con las tasas de vacunación más altas son del color verde oscuro. Eh, mire el sur y el este de Los Ángeles, ambas áreas que fueron fuertemente afectadas por la pandemia. Es gratificante ver el asombroso progreso en la vacunación que hemos logrado en estos vecindarios y sabemos que estos cambios son el resultado no solo del arduo trabajo de nuestros socios, sino de cada uno de ustedes que ha ido a vacunarse o trajo a un amigo, vecino o familiar para vacunarse. Juntos, de forma lenta pero segura, eh, convertiremos todo este mapa en verde oscuro. Y aunque en general hemos visto gran progreso en todo el condado, con casi todas las comunidades por encima del 30% de cobertura de vacunación y muchas por encima del 45%, ahora se nota donde todavía se necesita mejorar el acceso y la confianza en las vacunas. Eh, en el Valle del Antílope Occidental, Palmdale y Pear Blossom, eh, por ejemplo, todavía no hemos alcanzado niveles de vacunación del 30%. Continuamos nuestro trabajo en estas comunidades para brindar buena información y vacunas a las personas que las necesitan. Next slide, please. En todo el condado, la aceptación de la vacuna es mayor en los grupos que han tenido acceso a ella por más tiempo. Lo que es más notable es que nuestros adultos mayores se destacan por su alta tasa de vacunación, del 85%, mientras que nuestros adolescentes más jóvenes tienen una tasa de vacunación del 15% y todas las personas entre las edades de 16 y 64 años, solo el 58% han recibido al menos una dosis de la vacuna. Los niveles de vacunación eh, que hemos logra logrado entre las personas mayores son lo que realmente estamos luchando por lograr en estos otros grupos de edad. Next slide, please. Cuando observamos quién ha sido completamente vacunado, vemos que el 28% de las personas de 16 a 17 años y el 46% de las personas de 16 a 64 años están ahora en ese grupo, al igual que el 72% de las personas mayores. Ahora podemos decir con orgullo que más del 50% de los residentes del condado de Los Ángeles mayores de 16 años han recibido dos dosis de la vacuna. Es realmente emocionante vernos llegar a ese punto y agradecemos a todos los que han hecho su parte para traernos a, aquí a este momento. Next slide, please. Las tasas de vacunación más bajas en los grupos de edad más jóvenes significan que no solo las personas en esos grupos de edad tienen más probabilidades de transmitir COVID, sino que también tienen más probabilidades de sufrir graves consecuencias. En este gráfico puede ver los grupos de edad de las personas hospitalizadas por COVID entre el 1 de abril y el 15 de mayo. 
lo que realmente se destaca aquí es que son los adultos relativamente jóvenes de entre 30 y 49 años los que representan la mayor proporción de hospitalizaciones por COVID-19 durante este periodo, como lo indica la flecha roja. Esta es la primera vez en el transcurso de la pandemia que hemos visto que esto suceda. Antes de abril, este grupo de edad eh, um, vio constantemente tasas de hospitalización más bajas que otros grupos de edad. Si observamos un periodo diferente de seis semanas durante el octubre pasado, antes del aumento, eh, podemos ver la gran diferencia. Incluso cuando nuestros números no estaban en su nivel más alto, las personas mayores siempre han tenido más probabilidades de ser hospitalizadas, como lo indica la flecha roja. Lo que esto representa para nosotros es una brecha en la protección. Los adultos mayores de 50 años y especialmente los mayores de 65 años ahora están protegidos por, por sus altas tasas de vacunación y los adultos más jóvenes pueden estar protegidos por su ju juventud o por los requisitos de mascarillas en sus escuelas. Las personas de este grupo intermedio, muchos de ellos trabajadores y responsables del cuidado de los demás, no están tan bien protegidos por ninguno de estos factores. Esto es algo que podemos cambiar y tendremos que concentrarnos si queremos que las hospitalizaciones disminuyan en este grupo de edad. Next slide, please. Si bien estamos agradecidos con todos los que se han vacunado, eh, seguimos viendo una gran disminución en el número de personas que reciben su primera dosis de vacuna, como puede ver en las tendencias de vacunación representadas en este gráfico. Entre el 17 y el 21 de mayo, administramos 117,660 dosis a través de toda la red del condado, aunque queremos indicar que esto es una subestimación del número real debido a datos incompletos para estas fechas. Necesitamos que vengan más personas para la cita de la primera dosis para crear las condiciones que pueden sostener nuestra reapertura completa en unas pocas semanas. Next slide, please. Para que sea muy fácil vacunarse para los residentes de los grupos elegibles del condado de Los Ángeles, estamos ofreciendo vacunas en muchos sitios diferentes en todo el condado. Como puede ver en este mapa, esta semana hay 756 sitios que ofrecen vacunas, incluidas farmacias, clínicas, sitios comunitarios y hospitales. Las áreas de color verde pálido aquí indican los códigos postales con menos recursos. Puede ver que muchos de nuestros sitios de vacunación se concentran en estas áreas que han sido fuertemente afectadas por la pandemia. Queremos que sea extremadamente fácil obtener una vacuna si vive en estas comunidades. Actualmente puede obtener vacunas en los ocho sitios administrados por el condado, todos los sitios administrados por la ciudad de Los Ángeles, casi todos los sitios móviles y muchos de los sitios comunitarios sin cita. Muchos sitios abren eh, los fines de semana y tienen eh, horarios nocturnos. Visite vacunatelosangeles.com para encontrar un sitio cerca de usted. Next slide, please. Continuamos apoyando a equipos de vacunación móviles adicionales que llevan las vacunas a los vecindarios para llegar a las personas que tienen capacidad o tiempo limitado para llegar a uno de los sitios de vacunación establecidos. En este mapa, las áreas de color verde pálido nuevamente eh, indican códigos postales de bajos recursos. 
los marcadores azules indican los 200 sitios donde nuestros equipos móviles ofrecerán vacunas esta semana, que notará que se concentran en estas áreas de mayor necesidad y más afectadas. Next slide, please. Nuestros equipos móviles han establecido lugares públicos a los que van a diario para ofrecer la vacuna sin cita previa, como viviendas para personas mayores y centros eh, recreativos, lugares de reunión y proveedores de servicios para personas sin hogar, entornos educativos, organizaciones religiosas y comunitarias, uh, incluyendo organizaciones que atienden a personas con condiciones de salud específicas y sitios de alimentación y agricultura. Como puede ver, nuestros compañerismos con organizaciones comunitarias nos han permitido ofrecer vacunas en 418 sitios que atienden a personas mayores, 120 sitios dirigidos a personas sin hogar y 123 entornos religiosos. Desde el primero de marzo, nuestros equipos móviles han vacunado a más de 180 mil eh, personas en estos sitios y estamos trabajando para aumentar los sitios en estaciones de metro, parques y otros lugares públicos. Next slide, please. Puede solicitar una visita de nuestros equipos móviles de vacunación a su trabajo, negocio o evento especial. Simplemente visite el enlace que aparece en la parte inferior de, esta, de este gráfico o dirija su eh, navegador a nuestro centro de vacunación principal en vacunantelosangeles.com y en la página principal haga clic en el enlace rosado que dice Encuentra un proveedor de vacunación para su organización. Desde ahí puede seleccionar nuestros equipos móviles de vacunas para hacer contacto. También puede comunicarse con otros socios de vacunación en la comunidad, incluidas muchas cadenas de supermercados y farmacias en todo el condado. Necesitamos su ayuda para, perdón, para llevar la vacuna a los lugares a donde la gente ya va. Por favor, háganos saber si hay un evento comunitario o lugar de trabajo donde pueda haber personas que necesiten vacunarse. Next slide, please. Nuestra, eh, nuestra prioridad en este momento es nuestro trabajo para mejorar la confianza en las vacunas mediante la educación, eh, en compañerismo con organizaciones comunitarias y religiosas, y nuestro trabajo para llevar las vacunas a los lugares donde las personas viven y trabajan. Para las personas que luchan por llegar a, a un lugar de vacunación, podemos ayudarlos a obtener un viaje gratis de ida y vuelta. Las aplicaciones de viajes compartidos de Uber y Lyft ofrecen viajes de ida y vuelta gratuitos a algunos sitios de vacunación dentro de sus aplicaciones. Sin embargo, si está buscando ayuda para programar un viaje o si desea vacunarse en un sitio que no figura en la, las aplicaciones, puede comunicarse con nuestro centro de llamadas al 833-540-0473 y nuestro personal lo conectará con transporte gratuito. Con la ayuda de los lugares de nuestros socios filantrópicos y comunitarios, continuaremos contando con oportunidades para agradecer a quienes vengan a recibir su primera dosis. Habrá más eh, sorteos y tarjetas de regalo en diferentes sitios de vacunación en las próximas semanas. Así que asegúrese de visitar nuestras uh, plataformas sociales para obtener detalles sobre qué sitios están participando. 
Y algunas uh, personas se preguntarán por qué estamos haciendo esta hora y no lo hicimos antes. Y la respuesta es que ahora es el tiempo particularmente crítico. Estamos a menos de un mes de reabrir este condado con restricciones y nuestras tasas de casos son bajas y queremos estar en una posición con, la, uh, mayor, con el mayor nivel de protección posible cuando aumente el riesgo de transmisión, lo que inevitablemente ocurrirá después del 15 de junio. Apreciamos los esfuerzos que la gente está haciendo para vacunarse y para algunos sabemos que se necesitó valor para dar este paso. Y aunque estas oportunidades para agradecer no son suficientes en sí mismas para llevar a todos los angelinos no vacunados a un sitio de vacunación, Esperamos que algunas sean de ayuda. Sin embargo, el trabajo más importante por hacer con el mayor impacto es el de involucrar a los residentes de nuestras comunidades para brindar información correcta sobre las vacunas, a disipar falsos mitos y responder a las preguntas. Esperamos que al llevar las vacunas a las personas y responder a las preocupaciones sobre la seguridad de las vacunas, que podamos lograr el progreso necesario. Next slide, please. Y a medida que el esfuerzo de la vacuna avanza en todo el país, aprendemos más y más cada día sobre qué es lo que motiva a las personas a vacunarse cuando no se encuentran entre esos grupos que estaban muy ansiosos por hacer fila tan pronto como las vacunas estaban disponibles. En un grupo de enfoque realizado recientemente con personas que inicialmente dudaron en recibir la vacuna, pero luego cambiaron de opinión, Varios participantes tuvieron respuestas interesantes a una pregunta sobre cómo eh, se convencieron, cómo convencieron a otros para que se vacunen. Y muchos dijeron que habían compartido su historia y preocupaciones con un miembro de la familia y que eso fue lo que convenció a esa persona a vacunarse contra COVID-19. A las mamás y abuelas, ustedes tienen mucha influencia entre sus familias. Muchas de ustedes ya están vacunadas y les agradecemos por tomarse el tiempo para protegerse a usted y a sus seres queridos. Si sus hijos adultos y nietos aún no están vacunados, por favor, hable con ellos. Puede que hayan crecido, pero siempre serán sus bebés. Su voz fue una de las primeras que escucharon y respetaron. Hágales saber a sus hijos adultos cuánto les importa y por qué es tan importante vacunarse contra este virus. No es solo para protegerla a usted, sino también para protegerse a sí mismos, a sus amigos y a los niños en sus vidas. Mamás y abuelas, ustedes son las personas influyentes originales. Durante años usó su amor para enseñarle a sus hijos las cosas más importantes de la vida y para guiarlos de muchas maneras. Y ahora que han crecido, esperamos que pueda ayudarlos a decidir vacunarse. Comparta su historia con los adultos jóvenes en su vida y ayúdeles a comprender lo que está en juego. Muchas gracias. And now we'll go, um, since there's no questions, we'll go ahead and move on to remarks in Armenian. Barrior Bolorin. Snoakalchun verazkich solisin, ye voch verazkich horotin. Menkis capes, huzich arachentats and grantsel, merbinakichnein, patastelu hartum. Ye zerhiskayakan ashatanke, vachasojani, yurakanchur, anzianunit, karibur derehagatsel, mes icepaha has tenelu hortum. I saw Yeskakiswem, Ovid Tasnini Depkeri, Hospitalatsman, Mahvan Depkeri, Yev Patvastumneri Veraberal Tarmatsumnerov, Astarikhain Hambi, Yev Masnavurapes, Yetasarneri Masin, Borosta Kutsumner. 
Ես նաև կգիսվեմ տեղեկության այն մասին, թե ինչպես ենք բարելավում պատվաստանյութերի հասանելությունը ամբող չրջանում։ Հատուկ ուշադրություն դարսնելով մեր շարժական պատվաստանյութերի խմբերի աշխատանքի Ուրպատ օրը նահանգը հայտարարեց Կալիվորնիայ տնտեսությունը լիովին վերագործակցելու և իր ծրագրերի մասին հունիսի 15-ին։ լոսանջելը շրջանը նախատեսնում է մեր առաշնորդությունը համպատասխանացնել նահանգային վերաբացման Եվ ձերնարկությունները կկարողանան վերադարնալ սովորական ործողություններին, բացարությամբ որոշ սահմանապակ բացարություններին։ Բացարություն է կազմում մեկա իրադարձությունները, որոնք բնութագրվում են որպես 5,000 մարդուց ավելի թե ոչ արդյոք դրանք ընդհանուր ընդունելություն են կամ տոմսավորված, դրանք համարվում են կովիտ պոխանցման ավելի բարձը ռիսկեր։ Դա պայմանավորված է նրանով, որ ներգրված են մասնակիսներ, ովքեր վիզիկապես երկար Այս պաճարով ներսի մեկա իրադարձությունները պահանջում են ստուգել կամ պատվասման ամբողջական կարգավիճակը կամ բացասական կովիտ 19-ի տեստը 72 ժամվա ընթացքում բոլոր ներկաների նախնական մուտքի համար։ Մասնակիցնե հաճախորդները պատվաստումների կամ ստուգման կարգավիճակը ստուգելու վերաբերյալ, նույն ուղեցրիցը առաջարկում է ոչ թե որպես պահանչ, այլ որպես ուժախ առաջարկ և այդ մասնակիցները, ովքեր չեն ստու� ժողովների միջավայրերում։ Այլ պարամետրերում հունիս 15-ին կարողությունների սամանապակումները և պիզիկական հերավորության պահանջները կվերացվեն։ Դիմակավորման պահանջները հունիս 15-ից խորդատվությունը, որոնք նույնպես կթարմացվեն Սիդիսի ուղեղթույցի ամբողջության համապատասխանացվելու համար։ Մենք այնքան ոգևորված ենք այս ամրանը պրկին տեսնելու այս շրջանը, բայց այդ հուզմ Առաջիկա մի քանի շապատվա ընթացքում հնարավորինս պատվաստվելը շրջանի բնակիչներին։ Մի քանի ռոպեից ես կկիսվեմ այն նախաձերնությունների մասին, որոնք մենք իրականացնում ենք, որպիսի փորձենք 
դարձնել այն հեշտ եւ հասանելի ներկայ իրավիճակի վերաբերյալ այսով ցավով հայտնում են եւս 4 մահվան մասին որոնցից 3-ը ունեցել են ուղեկցող առողջական խնդիրներ սա բերում է ընդհանուր մահերի թիվը 24175-ի Los Angeles շրջանում այսօր մենք հայտնում ենք 139 նոր դեպքերի մասին եւ Los Angeles շրջանի դրական դեպքերի թիվը կազմում է 1,238,919 ներկայումս հոսպիտալացվել են 319 մարդ ավելի քան 6.7 միլիոն մարդ տեսավորվել են եւ արդյունքները զեկուցվել են Los Angeles շրջան որոնցից 17%-ը դրական են 2020 թվականի մարտի 1-ից միջև 2021 թվականի մայիսի 16-ը թվերը եւ այլ ցուցանիշները շարունակում են մնացած եւ կայուն։ Վերջին մի քանի շափատների ընթացքում մենք դեպքերի հոսպիտալացման եւ մահվան դեպքերի փոքր անկումներ ենք նկատել։ Ամենահզոր գործիքը պատվաստանյութերն են։ Մայիսի 21-ի դրությամբ Վարչաշրջանում մենք ավելի քան 9.5 միլիոն պատվաստանյութ են օգտագործել։ Դրանցից ավելի քան 5.5 միլիոնը եղել են առաջին դեղաչափեր, իսկ 4 միլիոնը եղել են երկրորդ դեղաչափեր։ Եվ չնայած ընդհանուր առմամբ շրջանի ամբողջ տարածքում մեծ առաջընթաց է դրանցվել, գրեթե բոլոր համայնքները, որոնք գերազանցում են պատվաստումների 30%-ը եւ շատերը 45%-ից բարձր, նկատելի երբ դեռ անհրաժեշտ է բարելավումների հասանելություն եւ պատվաստանյութերի հստահության հարցում շատ համայնքներում մենք դեռ չենք հասել պատվաստումների 30%-ին մենք շարունակում ենք մեր աշխատանքը այն համայնքներում լավ տեղակատվություն եւ պատվաստանյութեր հասցնելու այն մարդկանց ովքեր ունեն դրանց կարիքը համայնքի տարածքում պատվաստանյութերի ընդունումը ամենաբարձրն է այն խմբերում որոնք ամենից երկար են օգտվել դրանից հատկանշանական է որ մեր տարեցները առանձնանում են պատվաստումների շատ բարձր մակարդակով 85% միջդեռ մեր ամենաերտասարդ պատանները ունեն պատվաստման մակարդակի 15% իսկ 16-64 տարեկան բոլոր մարդկանց շրջանում նայն 58%-ն է ստացել առնվազը 1 պատվաստանի Մեծահասակների պատվաստանյութերի մակարդակը այն է, ինչ մենք իսկապես ցկտում ենք այս մյուս խմբերի համար։ Երբ նայում ենք թե ովքեր են ամբողջության պատվաստել, տեսնում ենք, որ այդ 16-17 տարեկանների 16%-ը, իսկ 16-64 տարեկանների մարդկանց 46%-ը։ Այժմ այս խմբում են ինչպես նաև տարեցների 72%։ Այժմ մենք կարող ենք հպարտորեն ասել, որ 16-ից բարձր Los Angeles շրջանի բնակիչների ավելի քան 50%-ը ստացել է պատվաստանյութի երկու դեղաչափ։ Իրոք հուզի չտեսնել, եւ ես շնորհակալություն եմ հայտնում յուրաքանչյուրին, որ իր բաժինն է արել, որ հասցնի մեզ այս կետին։ Երտասար տարիքային խմբերի պատվաստումների ցածր մակարդակը նշանակում է, որ այդ տարիքային խմբերի մարդիկ ոչ միայն ավելի հավանական է փոխանցում COVID-19-ի, այլ նաև ավելի հավանական է կրել դրա ծանր հետևանքները։ COVID-19-ի համար հոսպիտալացված մարդկանց տարիքային խմբերը 
ապրիլի 1-15-ին գնկած ժամանակահատվածում։ Իրականում այստեղ առանցնանում են այն, որ 30-49 տարեկան համատաբար երտասար չապահասնեն են, որոնք կազում են կովիդով հոսպիտալացման ամենամեծ մասը այս ժամանակահատվածու տեսնում էր հոսպիտալացման ավելի ծածր տեմպեր, կան նյուս տարիկային խմբերը։ Եթե դիտարկենք անցած հոգտեմբեր անսվա մեկ այլ բեծ շապատյա ժամանակահատված, ապա կտեսնենք մեծ Հիցունից այնքան էլ պաշպանված չեն այդ կործոներից, որև է մեկի կողնից։ Սա մի բան է, որ մենք կարող ենք խոխել և որի վրա պետք է կենտրունանալ, եթե ուզում ենք տեսնել, որ հոսպիտալացումները նվազում են և այս տարիկա� Վարճաշրջանի անբողջ ծանցում իրականացրել ենք 117,660 տեղաճավ։ Չնայց նշեն, որ սա իրական թվի թերագնահատում է։ Այս ամսաթվերի տվյալների պատճարով։ Մեզ ավելի շատ մարդիկ են պետք առաջին որպեսի ստեղծենք այնպեսի պայմաններ, որոնք կարող են պահպանել մեր լիարժեք վերաբացումը մի քանի շապատվա ընթացքում։ Որպեսի լոսանջոր շրջանը իրավասու բնակիշների համար պատվաստումը ավելի հասանը Այդ թվում են տեղատըներ, կլինիկաներ, համայնքային կայքեր և հիվանդանոցներ։ Դուք կարող եք տեսնել, որ մեր պատվաստումների շատ կայքեր կենտրունացված են այն վայրերում, որոնք մեծապես դուժել են համաճարակից գրեթե բոլոր շարժական կայքերում և համայնքին շատ կայքերում, առանդ ժամադրության։ Շատ կայքեր բաց են հանգստյան որերին և ունեն երեկոյան ժանը։ Հնդրում ենք այցելեք, վակսինայիտելեքյանիտատքամ ովքեր կարող են սահմանապակ կարողություններ ունենալ հասնելու սամանված պատվաստումների կայքերից մեկին։ Մեր պտճային թիմերը ստեղծել են ամեն որա կայքեր պատվաստանյութեր ապահովելու համար հասարակական բայրերում, ինչպեսիք են 
տարեցների բնակարանային եւ հանգստի կենտրոններ, անոթեվան ապրող մարդկանց կրթական հաստատություններ, հավատքի վրա հիմնված կազմակերպություններ, համայնքներ, ծառայություններ մատուցող անձան։ Հիմնված կազմակերպությունները, որոնք ապահովում են առողջության հատուկ պայմանների խնամքը եւ սննդի եւ գյուղատնտեսության կայքերը։ Ինչպես տեսնում եք, համայնքային կազմակերպությունների հետ մեր համագործակցությունը մեզ թույլ է տվել պատվաստանյութեր առաջարկել տարիներին սпасարկող 418-18 վայրերում անոթևան ապրող մարդկանց ծիրախավորող 120 կայքերում եւ 123 երկրպագության տներում։ Մարտի 1-ից վեր մեր շարժական պատվաստանյութերի խմբերը պատվաստել են ավելի քան 180000 մարդ եւ մենք աշխատում ենք մետրոյի կայարաններում, զբոսայգիներում, փոխնակման կայարաններում եւ հասարակական վայրերում կանգուն տեղեր ավելացնելու ուղությամբ։ Մեր պատվաստանյութերի շարժական ստորաբաժանումներից մեկից կարող եք պահանջել այցելել ձեր աշխատավայրը բիզնեսը կամ հատուկ միջոցառում պատվաստումների մեր հիմնական հանգույցը vaccinate.lkhanet.com հասցեով եւ գլխավոր էջում կտեսնեք այն վարթագույն խոճակը որը ասում է գտիր պատվաստումների մատակարար քո կազմակերպության համար այստեղից կարող եք ընտրել մեր պատվաստանյութերի շարժական թիմերը կապ հաստատելու համար կարող եք նաև կապ հաստատել համայնքային պատվաստումների մեկ այլ գործընկերների հետ ներառյալ շրջանի ամբողջ տարածքում գտնվող սուպերմարկետների եւ դեղատների բազմաթիվ ցանցերի։ Այժմ մեր գերակայությունը պատվաստանյութերի վստահության բարելավման ուղղված աշխատանքն է։ Իրազերկման եւ կրթության միջոցով համայնքային եւ հավատի վրա հիմնված կազմակերպությունների հետ համագործակցության եւ պատվաստանյութեր այն վայրերում որտեղ մարտիկ ապրում եւ աշխատում են տեղափոխվելու ուղությամբ պատվաստումների կայք հասնելու համար մարդկանց համար մենք կարող ենք օգնել ձեզ անվճար այցելել Uber եւ Lyft ուղեկցությամբ ծրագրեր առաջարկում են անվճար շրջանց դեպի որոշ պատվաստանյութերի կայքեր իրենց ծրագրային շրջանակներում մեր բարեգործական եւ համայնքային գործընկերների օգնությամբ մենք շարունակելու ենք հնարավորություններ շնակալություն հայտնելու նրանց ովքեր ստանում են իրենց առաջին չափաբաժինները այս պատվավոր պատվաստումների տարբեր կայքերը ավելի շատ խաղադրույքներ եւ նվերներ քարթեր կլինեն այս առաջիկա շափատներին այնպես որ համոզվեք որ գրանցվեք մեր սոցիալական հարթակներում մանրամասները ստանալու համար թե որ կայքերն են մասնակցում որոշ մարդիկ կարող են անհարցնել թե ինչ են մենք դա հիմա անում ավելի բաղ անելու փոխարեն եւ պատասխանն է որ այժմ հատկապես կրիտիկական ժամանակաշրջանը մենք մեկ ամսից էլ քիչ ժամանակ ունենք որպեսի իսկապես բացենք այս շրջանը շատ սահմանափակումներով մեր տեմպերը ցածրեն եւ մենք ցանկանում ենք հնարավորինս ամուր դիրքում լինել երբ հողացման ռիսկը բացանա ինչը անխոսափելիորեն կլինի ունի 15-ից հետո այսպիսով մենք անում ենք այն ամենը ինչ կարող ենք մենք անել որպեսի մարդիկ ստանան տեղեկատվություն որոնք անհրաժեշտ են 
հիմա պատվաստում կատարելու համար։ Մենք բարձ են գնահատում պատվաստումներ կատարելու ճանքերը ոմանց համար և գիտենք, որ այդ կայլին դիմելը կաջություն է համայնքի անձրնը մխելույությանը հասնելու համար։ Կանի որ պատվաստանյութերի ճանքերը տարածում են ամբողջ երկրում, մենք ամեն որ ավելու ավելի շատ տեղեկություններ ենք ստանում, այն մասին, թե ինչ են դրդում ովքեր սկզվում տատանվում են պատվաստանյութեր ստանալուց, բայց հետո մտապոխվեցին, մի քանի մասնակիցներ հետարքրական պատասխաներ ունեին այդ հարցի վերաբերյալ։ Թե ինչպես են համուզել ուրիշներին պատվաստեր։ Մամաներին և տատիկներին այնպես, որ ձեզանիչ շատերը արդեն պատվաստված է և մենք շնորակալ ենք ձեզ, որ ժամանակ եք տրամադրել ձեր և ձեր սիրելներին պաշպանելու համար։ Եթե ձեր չապահաս երեխաներն ո առաջիններից մեկն է, որ նրանք երբև է լսել են և հարգում են։ Նրանց համար հիանալի կլնի, որ հիմա ձեզանից լսեն։ Հանդրում ենք ձեր մեծահասակ երեխաներին տեղեկացրեք, թե ինչու այդ վիրուսի դեմ պատվաստում բնորինակ ազդեցիքներ է։ Սարներ շարնակ դուք ոգտագործել եք ձեր սերը, ձեր երեխաների կյանքի ամենակարևոր բաներ սովորացնելու համար և նրան շատ ձևերով առաշնորդելու համար։ Եվ հիմա, երբ նրանք արդեն թե ինչն է վտանգված, շնորակալություն։ Thank you. Now the remarks in Korean. Աննյասիմնիկա, կմյույրը ժուժոնգունեն 6-որ 15-որը կելիպոնիա գյոնջերը վանջանի ժեգիա գերեկը պապյոհայասնիկա, էլի կանտինեն ժուժոնգույե � 모든 사업체와 기관이 몇 가지 제한점들 외에는 예전처럼 운영을 하게 되는 것입니다. 한 가지 다른 점은 메가 이벤트에서 실내에서는 5천 명 이상의 큰 무리나 야외에서는 만명 이상이 모일 때 이러한 이벤트가 정해진 자리가 있든 없든 일반 입장이든 티켓이든 코비드 확산의 위험이 크다는 점입니다. 왜냐하면 참석자들이 주 밖에서 온 사람들이나 자기 집안 식구들이 아닌 사람들과 신체적으로 가깝게 오랜 시간 보내야 하기 때문입니다. 그러므로 실내 메가 이벤트는 
모든 참석자들이 온전히 백신 접종을 마쳤든지 아니면 입장하기 72시간 이내에 코비드 테스트 음성 결과를 받아야 합니다. 참석자들은 또한 주정부의 마스크 지침을 따라야 합니다. 야외 메가 이벤트에서는 백신 접종 여부나 테스트 결과는 요구 조건이 아니라 권장사항이고 접종 상태를 확, 확인하지 않은 참석자들은 마스크를 써야 합니다. 주정부는 청소년과 학교, 데이케어, 의료서비스, 고위험 주거 환경에 대한 지침들을 따로 발행하게 될 것입니다. 다른 환경들에서는 6월 15일에 총 수영 인원 제한과 거리 두기 요구 조건이 없어지게 될 것입니다. 6월 15일 후에 마스크 요구 조건은 주정부가 얼굴 가리개 관련 지침을 따로 언급할 것이며 필요에 따라 업데이트 될 것입니다. 여행자들은 CDC 권장사항과 주정부 여행 권장사항을 따라야 할 것이며 CDC 지침에 따라 업데이트 될 것입니다. 먼저 데일리 업데이트를 말씀드리겠습니다. 이 보고는 주말 보고로서 지연이 있음을 알려드립니다. 유감스럽게도 4명의 새로운 사망자가 보고되었고 이중 3명은 기저질환이 있었습니다. 이로써 LA 카운티에서 총 사망자 수는 24,175명입니다. 오늘 139명의 새로운 양성 케이스가 보고되었고 이로써 LA 카운티에서의 총 케이스 수는 123,819명입니다. 현재 COVID-19로 319명이 병원에 입원해 있습니다. 오늘까지 670만 명 이상이 테스트를 받았으며 누적 양성 확진률은 17%입니다. 2020년 3월 1일부터 2021년 5월 16일까지 케이스 수와 병원 입원자 수또 사망자 수를 비교해보면 케이스 수와 다른 수치들은 계속해서 낮은 수치를 유지하고 있습니다. 지난 몇 주간 케이스 수와 입원자 수, 사망자 수가 약간 감소한 것을 볼수 있습니다. 케이스 수를 낮출 수 있는 가장 강력한 도구는 백신 접종입니다. 5월 21일까지 카운티에서는 950만 개 이상의 백신이 접종되었습니다. 이중 550만 개는 첫 번째 접종이고 거의 400만 개는 두 번째 접종이었습니다. 보건국 웹사이트에서는 두 개의 백신 관련 지도를 볼수 있는데 각 지도에서는 LA 카운티에 있는 커뮤니티에서 적어도 한번 백신 접종을 받은 사람들이 얼마나 있는지 보실 수 있습니다. 사우스 LA와 이스트 LA를 보면 둘다 팬데믹으로 타격이 큰 지역이었, 지역이었습니다. 이 지역들에서는 백신 접종이 큰 진전이 있었음을 볼수 있었습니다. 전체적으로 거의 모든 커뮤니티가 30% 이상이 백신 접종을 받았고 많은 지역들에서는 45% 이상입니다. 하지만 아직도 백신 액세스가 필요한 곳들이 있는데 예를 들면 웨스트 엔텔로벨리, 팜데일, 그리고 피어블라솜 지역들이 있는데 아직 30%의 백신 접종률이 안 되고 있습니다. 노인층은 85%의 백신율로 가장 높은 접종률을 보이고 있으며 젊은 청소년층은 15%, 16세에서 64세 사이는 58%만이 적어도 한번 백신을 맞았습니다. 완전히 백신 접종을 마친 그룹들을 살펴보면 16세에서 17세는 28%, 16에서 64세는 
노인층은 72%가 접종을 마친 상태이므로 이제는 16세 이상 LA 카운티 주민의 50% 이상이 두번 접종받은 것으로 말할 수 있습니다. 젊은 연령층의 낮은 백신 접종률은 이들이 코비드 확산을 시키는 그룹일 뿐만 아니라 자신들이 심각한 영향을 받을 것임을 볼수 있습니다. 4월 1일부터 5월 15일까지 코비드로 병원에 입원한 연령층을 살펴보면 30에서 49세 사이로 젊은 성인이 대부분입니다. 4월 이전까지는 이 연령층이 다른 연령층에 비해서 더 낮은 병원 입원율을 보였던 것을 볼때 이런 현상은 한담액 이래로 처음 보는 것입니다. 50세 이상, 특히 65세 이상은 이제 높은 백신 접종률로서 보호를 받고 있습니다. 그리고 어린이들과 젊은 층은 젊기 때문에 그리고 학교에서 마스크를 사용하는 요구 조건을 이행하고 있기 때문에 보호를 받고 있습니다. 그렇지만 중간에 있는 그룹은 많은 경우 근로자들이고 다른 사람들을 돌보는 책임을 맡고 있기 때문에 많은 보호를 받지 못하고 있는 것으로 보여집니다. 이 연령층의 병원 입원율을 줄이기 위해서 노력을 해야 합니다. 5월 17일에서 21일까지 카운티 전체에 걸쳐서 11만 7,660개의 백신을 접종되었습니다. 앞으로 수준의 온전히 재개를 하기 위해서는 더 많은 분들이 첫 번째 접종을 위해 예약을 하시기 바랍니다. 자격이 있는 LA 카운티 주민들이 아주 쉽게 백신 접종을 받으실 수 있도록 하기 위해 약국과 클리닉, 커뮤니티 장소들, 병원 등 756개의 장소에서 백신을 제공하고 있습니다. 많은 백신 접종 장소들은 판다믹으로 큰 타격을 겪은 지역에 있습니다. 현재 카운티 운영하는 8개 장소들, 또한 모든 LAC에서 운영하는 장소들, 모든 모빌 장소들, 그리고 많은 커뮤니티 장소들에서 예약 없이 백신을 접종받으실 수 있습니다. 많은 장소들은 주말과 저녁 시간에도 문을 열고 있습니다. 백신에일LACounty.com 웹사이트에서 가까운 장소를 찾아보시기 바랍니다. 이번 주에는 200개의 모빌팀이 타격이 큰 지역에 집중적으로 백신을 접종하고 있습니다. 모빌팀은 매일 워크인으로 공공장소에서 백신을 제공하기 위해서 노력하고 있는데 시니어 하우징과 레크리에이션 센터, 노숙자 서비스 제공자, 교육시설, 종교 기반 단체, 커뮤니티 기반 단체, 식품과 농업 등의 장소들에서 있습니다. 3월 1일부터 모빌 백신팀은 이 장소들에서 18만 명 이상을 백신 접종하였고 메트로 스테이션이나 공원, 수압 및 그리고 다른 공공장소들에서 접종 장소들을 늘리기 위해서 노력하고 있습니다. 직장이나 사업체 혹은 특별한 이벤트에 모빌 백신 유닛이 방문하도록 요청하실 수 있습니다. 웹사이트 vaccinatelacounty.com에 들어가셔서 Find Vaccinate Provider for Your Organization 핑크 링크를 누르시면 모빌 백신 팀이 접촉하도록 신청하실 수 있습니다. 또한 많은 슈퍼마켓이나 약국 체인점을 포함한 커뮤니티의 백신 파트너들을 연락하실 수도 있습니다. 사람들이 이미 가는 장소에 백신을 가져오도록 하기 위해서 만, 만약 커뮤니티 이벤트나 직장에서 백신을 접종받을 사람들이 있다면 
꼭 알려주시기 바랍니다. 지금 가장 우선순위는 커뮤니티 기반 그리고 종교 기반 단체와 협력하여 아웃리치와 교육으로 백신에 대해 알리고 사람들이 살고 일하는 곳으로 백신을 가져오는 일을 하는 것입니다. 백신 접종 장소에 가기 어려운 사람들을 위해서 무료로 가고 돌아오는 것을 도와드릴 수 있습니다. 우버와 리프트 앱은 앱을 사용하여 백신 장소로 가고 오는 것을 무료로 제공하고 있습니다. 그러나 차편이 필요하시거나 앱에 없는 장소에서 백신을 맞고자 하신다면 콜센터 833-540-0473으로 전화하시면 무료 교통수단과 연결시켜 드릴 것입니다. 이번 주에 여러 다른 장소들에서 기프트카드와 복권에 당첨될 수 있는 기회를 드리고 있으니 어느 장소에서 참가하실 수 있는지 보건국 소셜미디어에서 확인하실 수 있습니다. 어떤 분들은 왜 이전에 일을 하지 않고 이제서야 이렇게 하는지 궁금해하실 것입니다. 대답은 왜냐하면 지금이 특히 중요한 시기이기 때문입니다. 카운티가 제한적으로 운영 재개하는 날까지 한 달도 채 남지 않았습니다. 현재 케이스률이 낮고 가능하면 6월 15일 이후로 확산 위험이 올라갈 때를 대비하고자 하는 것입니다. 그러므로 사람들이 왜 지금 백신 접종을 받아야 하는지 알도록 정보를 제공하기 위해 최선을 다하고 있습니다. 그리고 이러한 기회들이 모든 백신 접종 받지 않은 LA 주민들이 백신 접종 장소로 가도록 할 수는 없겠지만 얼마의 사람들은 도와줄 수 있을 것입니다. 그러나 가장 중요한 것은 커뮤니티 주민들에게 백신에 대한 수준 높은 정보와 잘못된 미신을 없애고 가지고 있는 질문들에 대답하기 위해서입니다. 최근에 실행한 한 조사에서는 처음에는 백신 받는 것을 우려했다가 나중에 생각을 바꾼 사람들에게 왜 어떻게 해서 생각을 바뀌게 되었는지를 질문하였는데 많은 사람들은 가족 성원과 자신의 이야기와 걱정을 이야기했고 결국 코비드 백신을 받도록 설득할 수 있었다는 점을 언급하였습니다. 많은 어머니들과 할머니들은 이미 백신을 받았고 자신과 사랑하는 사람들을 보호하기 위해 시간을 내주셔서 백신을 받으신 것에 감사드립니다. 만약 성인 자녀들과 손자녀들이 아직 백신을 받지 않았다면 그들과 대화를 나누시기 바랍니다. 이미 성인이라도 분명 여러분의 목소리는 들을 것이며 존중할 것입니다. 성인 자녀들에게 얼마나 사랑을 하고 바이러스와 싸우기 위해 백신을 받는 것이 얼마나 중요한지에 대해서 이야기하십시오. 단지 자신과 다른 나이가 많은 친척들을 보호하기 위한 것이 아니라 그들과 또 친구들 또 자녀들까지 보호하기 위한 것입니다. 감사합니다. Next remarks will be in Mandarin. Thank you. 感谢多少委员会所临时的时候全体多少委员在为落线居民接种新冠疫苗的过程中我们取得了长足的进步您和全体多少委员会是我们取得这些进步的标杆今天我要同大家分享有关新冠疫苗新冠病毒的新天病例
，尤其是着重于年轻人接种的状况。同时，我以介绍我们在改善各种接新冠疫苗接种方面所做的努力，着重于介绍移动各移动接种站。首先，我从六月十五号的情况开始，到那天我们将会面临着什么样的情况，以及开始我们将会一处延设各延设分层系统的情况。上周五，州政府宣布六月十五号。加州会全面重启经济活动，洛县将会跟进州政府的各项指令和重启计划。到六月十五号，我们将会全面回到正常的活动，除了少受了几项有限的限制外。第一个特别项目是大型聚会，大型聚会是指超过五千人的室内聚会，或。一千一万人的室外聚会，不管这些聚会有没有座位，是不是售票，这些活动都归类于 COVID-19 高风险活动。这是因为这些活动中，人们将与非家庭成员，而且有些来自于外州的成员，人们长时间的待在一起。正因为这些。室内大型活动要求与会者以完全接种或者在聚会之前七小时、七十二小时内新冠检测的呈阴性。所有参与者都要求按州政府关于佩戴口罩的指南。对室外的大型聚会，对应的疫苗接种和检测将会作为强力推荐，而非要求。对不能提供接种检测证据的参与者，则需要佩戴口罩。州政府将会继续为青少年、学校和孩童照看中心、医务中心及高风险居住点发布相对应的防御指南。到六月十五号。我们将会移除关于容量及保持社交距离的要求。州政府将会另外颁布有关佩戴口罩的规定。外出旅行者将要求遵循 CDC 的要求及州州政府关于旅行的建议。我们很高兴盼望这个夏天。我县将会重新恢复相关的活动，但我们高兴的同时，我们也极为的关注我们将在成功的方向迈进的同时，意味着有更多的诺县居民居民为更多的诺县居民提供疫苗接种。随后，我们将为大家介绍，我们准备了几套让接种疫苗接种更容易的方案，接种的现状。首先，让我为大家更新今天的数据。当然，因为周末的缘故，从我县几个实验室上报的数据将会有些延迟。很不幸，今天洛县又有四个因新冠病毒去世的病人，其中三个去世的患有其他疾病。这样，洛县总共
因新冠病毒去世的人就达到了两万四千一百七十五例。我们在此为那些失去亲人的朋友或家人送去我们的慰问。今天，今天一百三十九例新冠病例，诺县总共有一百二十三万八千九百一十九例新冠病例。现在，诺县有三百一十九例新冠。病例住院人数，现有四十三个针对居住和非居住场所场所的调查案例进行之中，这些地方至少有一例的新冠确诊病例。到今天为止，洛县总共有六百七十万的居民进行了新冠测试，并上报了公共卫生局，累计的呈阳率为百分之十七，新添病例死亡人数及住院人士。的趋势，从三月一号到五月十六号，新添病例、住院人数及死亡人数保持低位数。在过去的几个星期内，新添的病例、住院人数及死亡人数都有所下降。疫苗接种的情况更新，降低病例最有效的工具是疫苗接种。截止五月二十一号，我们总共已接种了九百五十万剂新冠疫苗，其中五百五十万剂为第一剂疫苗，四百万剂为第二剂。至少已接种一剂的诺县居民的年龄分布，全县范围内，因为长长者只开始就可以。接种新冠疫苗，因此长者的接种率达到了百分之八十五之多，青少年青少年的接种率只有百分之十五，从十十六岁到六十四岁接种率为百分之五十八，年长者的接种率是我们为其他年龄组所制定的既定目标。按完成接种落县居民按年龄的分布。如果从完全接种来看，十六到十七岁之间有百分之二十八，十六到十八岁有，到六十四岁有百分之四十六，年长者则有百分之七十二。我们很高兴，洛县十六岁以上的居民已有超过百分之五十的已完全接种，我们很高兴达到这一里程碑。在这里，我要感谢所有为这一目标做出了努力的人们。住院新冠病人住院的人数按年龄分布，年轻人中间的低接种率不仅意味着他们更容易传染新冠病毒，而且也意味着他们更容易因此重症住院。从四月一号到五月十五号，三十到四十九岁之间，这些比较年轻的新冠患者占了住院病患的最大部分。这种现象是自疫情以来第一次出现。四月份之前，这一年龄组的住院率始终比其他年龄组要低。即使从去年爆发前的十月份的资料来看，年长者也一直是占住院比例的最大的部分。毫无疑问，出现这一现象是因为防护的差距。年龄超过五十岁，尤其是超过六十五岁的人，都已接受新冠疫苗的保护。
青少年和小孩可能会因为他们的年轻和在学校佩戴口罩的缘故，所以也较低。当然，位于这两个年龄组之间的人，往往是担负着保护这两组人员的主要家庭成员，他们都缺乏相应的保护。如果我们需要按这一年龄年龄组的住院率下降，则我们要着重于这一年龄组的疫苗接种工作。第一季疫苗接种的趋势，我们十分感谢所有已接种的人们，但我们仍然看到了接种第一季疫苗的人数的大量下降。从五月十七号到二十一号，全县接种地范围内，我们总计接种了十一十一万七千六百六十剂。尽管这些数字可能会因为不精确而低估，但我们。仍然希望更多的人来接种第一剂，这样我县的管理的接种点才能继续开启。洛县内的各接种点，为了让洛县居民更方便接种，我们在洛县各地都提供了接种点。全县范围内有七百五十六个接种点，包括各药店、诊所、社区及医院等等等等。另外，移动接种点，我们。继续为那些行动不方便或出行不方便的洛县居民提供移动接种服务。我们在全县范围内提供了两百个移动接种站、接种站。我们在洛县各公共场所，如年长者公寓、活动中心，以及为无家可归的人提供的服务处。各培训处、各宗教场所、各食品派发场所等设定了移动接种点，在这些点不需要预约，为你所在的工作场所送去接种服务。你可以申请让移动接种站光顾你所在的工作场所和生意场所和特别活动场所。你只要上我们的网站 vaccinatelacounty.com。找到移动接种点链接，为你的工作场所提供移动接种，与移动接种点取得联系。同样，你也可以与那些在各社区、超市或者药店提供服务的移动站取得联系。我们非常希望大家的帮助。如果你知道某地将会有社区聚会，某些人需要接种，请告诉我们。对于那些尚未接种的人们，现阶段我们最重要的任务是通过外出服务及教育为大众提供对疫苗的信心，并与那些社区组织、宗教组织一道，将疫苗接种移到人们的工作和生活的地方。对那些有困难到达接种场地的人，我们在 Uber 和 Lyft 上有。应用软件，让这些，让这两家公司为洛县居民提供免费的往返服务。但如果你要前往的接种站不在这些 App 上面，你可以拨打电话一八三三五四零零四七三，让我们为您安排免费的往返交通服务。感谢社区的各团体的支持。我们将是继续为那些前来接种第一剂的人们提供抽样获奖的机会。
在接下来的几个星期内，各接种点将会提供更多的获奖奖品和礼品卡，请到我们的各社区平台查找更多相关的信息。有些人也许会问，为什么不早一些就提供类似的有奖抽样活动？我可以告诉大家的是，现在是一个十分关键的时间点，我们离完全开放只有不到一个月的时间。我们新天病例不高，但我们的希望，我们处于一个更加强大的位置，以应对六月十五号之后不可避免的事情，即新冠病毒的传播会增加。所以，现阶段我们要努力让更多的人接种新冠疫苗，让他们知道这时候接种的好处。我们感谢那些为接种新冠疫苗所做过的、所做的努力。克服了各种困难的人们，呼吁所有的母亲和祖母，随着全线范围内接种新冠疫苗的次序，我们有很多好奇是什么原因能让那些最开始不那么积极接种的人是改变他们的主意的。我们最近在那些犹豫的人群中做了一个抽样调查，主要的问题是什么原因让他们改变主意的？大多数的回答是通过家庭成员之间的分享。对母亲和祖母，我们中很多人已接种，我们感谢你们这些母亲和祖母的勇气。如果你们的大孩、大的孩子或小的孩子尚未接种，请帮助我们说服他们。他们年纪上长大了，但他们永远是你们的孩子，你们的声音是他们听到的第一道声音。并获得他们尊重的声音。现在是你们让他们再次听到你们声音的时候，请让你们的孩子知道你有多爱他们，说服他们去接种疫苗。妈妈和祖母们，你们是有力的影响，在孩子们的一生中，你们都用你们的爱在各方面、各重要的生活中指导他们。现在他们长大了，我们希望你们能够帮助他们做决定，去接受。去接种新冠疫苗，请你们的孩子们分享你的，请与你们的孩子们分享你的感受和故事，让他们理解接种疫苗的重要性。This concludes for today. Thank you. This episode of LA Public Health was produced by the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. Our department is nationally accredited by the Public Health Accreditation Board and is committed to protecting and improving the health of over 10 million residents in Los Angeles County. For more information about DPH programs and services, visit publichealth.lacounty.gov and follow us on social media at LA Public Health. My name is Steve Baldwin, and you've been listening to the LA Public Health podcast.